What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief an effort to send biblical truth. What better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson, joining me again in the host spotlight, Miss Rose Locke. Rose, how are you? I'm good, and I'm happy to be here today. Thank you for and being I'm here. I'm happy that they're laying carpeting on the stage. It's almost done. I have done. been holding my breath for that for Every, Everyone's been holding their breath for that. It's very <laughs> exciting. Good stuff down there. Thank you for being here, Rose. You're sure. awesome. Uh, he's back with us, the man, the myth, the Mark Carey. Mark, how you doing, buddy? Fine. Good. Thank you for being here. Mm-hmm. Guys, let's jump into a, a Sunday in review. I feel like I want to soak up these last few sermon spotlights where we're covering acts. You know what I mean? It's all coming to this, it's crescendoing a little bit, coming to a close. Very exciting. Uh, obviously covered a lot of material this weekend. So Rose, I'll come your way first and we'll bounce back and forth here. But yeah. What stood out this weekend? Well, there's just, there's, you know. A lot of material and a lot of stuff that stood out. Yeah. Um, I have like two things that I'd love to talk about Let's today do if it. we can. And one I was just saying is chapter 26, verse 18, mm-hmm. because I think, um, you know, the triumph of the gospel and what are the results of the gospel um, and like what. Um, if Paul could have persuaded these men to become believers, what is he persuading them to and what are the benefits going to be? I feel like hmm. Paul in one verse, Luke, I guess, wrote it, but in one verse there, he like gives us four key thoughts that are results of the gospel, you know, hmm. that turning from darkness to light, um, from the dominion of Satan to God, receiving forgiveness of sins and the inheritance among those who have been sanctified, the hope that inheritance. And so I just feel like that verse really just has a ton of meat for us as believers mm-hmm. and our walk and what is it that we live and walk in. Hmm. And then I I really was struck in, um, Mark, I'll tell you the other thing that struck me as I was listening was verse um, 27 where Paul says... Of 26? Uh, I think we're in... I think it's 26. Yeah, it's 26. Um, and where Paul says, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets, capital? And then you just mentioned as an aside that Agrippa was Jewish, right? And so this idea of do you really believe, do you really believe this faith, this, if you really believe this faith, then how can you continue to not deny that Jesus is the result of that faith? And just, just kind of a shout out to our children's ministry and the parents Um, because they've started this new um, uh, curriculum, right, in our kids' ministry. And I I have actually in my hand, because I brought it, because I wanted to just, there is a key question for every month that's being sent to Mm -hmm. the parents and to all the kids, and then there's an answer. And um, the key question for this month in our children's ministry is, how is Jesus the perfect prophet? And the answer that is continually being presented to our kids and to their parents through the emails are Jesus perfectly reveals God the Father and fulfills what the prophet spoke. So even in the midst of us in your sermons studying this and Mm -hmm. this keyword prophets popping out, we have God showing us how he can pull everything together for us, even in his body, outside Mm -hmm. his plan. It's just an amazing thing to see God work in those ways. So those are just a couple of things that stood out to me Mm -hmm. from these Well, and to work backwards on those, I mean, you, you talk about how easy it is for 
especially a church our size, to do so many different things. Oh, your ministry does your thing, we're going to do our thing. But there, there is a benefit to the same material being covered to a certain degree. How can we, you know, widen that Venn diagram so much so that we're overlapping? And you think about that car ride home. Uh, I, I challenge my students, um, do not say good or fine, no matter how good or fine it was. Your, your mom's going to ask, how was small group? Good. That's fine. Yeah, right. No, nope. That's lame. That's not a good answer. Come on, give her something specific. You know, think critically about what's happening. And oh, so I, my. I look at our. I look, oh, yeah, man. right. It was fine. Right. Uh, or, or I hated it. You know, whatever. But how can we equip our families with a? Oh, they're learning something that we're learning. And and if yeah. it's at deeper levels, now you open the eyes for for parents of like, oh, cool, we could disciple them. Right. And that. how is Paul trying to just how is Paul trying to disciple mm-hmm. Agrippa in using the prophets as a proof? And here we are helping our kids see how Jesus is the perfect fulfillment of the prophets at the same time. Mm. You know, like praise and glory to God in his sovereign plan in the way he does that mm-hmm. for us, right? Because there might be a fifth or sixth grader sitting out there oh, yeah. this weekend who kind of heard that oh do you believe in the prophets and they kind of went yeah i do and it helped mm-hmm. them put everything together mm-hmm. for God. when i've heard multiple testimonies over the years I've, I've been a part of this church from new families that come here maybe the 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 parents will sit in the sermon and sit in the service or whatever and then they'll they'll ask their kids how how was class downstairs how, how to go how to go in kids ministry obviously they can be scared they can be nervous whatever and a lot of parents will be taken aback when their kids can recall what they learned about jesus and that's, you don't often get that out there. Oh, we had goldfish, and oh, we had this <laughs> and that and the other. And those things do happen. But man, I, I have heard it straight from the mouths of babes, parent, parents saying, like, my kid learned something about Jesus downstairs while I was upstairs. And sometimes that's what motivates families to be like, oh, wow, this is, this is serious stuff. So let's, let's look at that, yeah. that, that statement. Um, Verse 26. 27. 27. Um, you know, where, where Paul asks mm-hmm. um, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? And he says, I know that you do. What did, what did and, and the question is more rhetorical in a way, what did mm-hmm. Paul know about Agrippa that would make him say that? Was that, was that Holy Spirit you know, infused in terms of insight? Or I know that you do. Now, was he assuming, what, what was it about Agrippa? And going back to, um, you know, Agrippa had come to visit Agrippa and Bernice, whatever weird relationship that was with his sister. They had gone to visit Festus, and Festus tells Agrippa, you know, I've got this guy, blah, 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 you know, and I, uh, I have nothing definite about him to write to my Lord. I'm not sure what to say. It's absurd to send him, you know, to Caesar. And, for that. and Agrippa said to, um, uh, let's see, where is it? Um, in verse 22, then Agrippa said to Festus, uh, I, I'd like to hear the man myself. Uh, so, so I look at that, and I, that's an interesting... Now, there, was he just curious? Had he heard about Paul? Hmm. I, there's something that says I think he had to have. I mean, if this man, Paul, had caused so much angst and and anger in Jerusalem. The whole city we knew from 23, 22, 23 had been turned upside down over Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, Agrippa had to have known, had to have heard this story. And, I, and, he, and he says, I'd like to hear this man myself. Was it just pure curiosity? Was, it, was there something maybe happening in his heart that, that intrigued him enough 
And and so and then Agrippa says to Paul that you know that next day you are permitted to speak for yourself. I mean, he gives Paul kind of carte blanche. I mean, it's mm-hmm. you got the floor, buddy. Mm-hmm. Let's, get, get, let's, let's hear it. What, let's hear it. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I, I wondered about that. And this is just this is just my historical curiosity. Maybe you know the answer, Mark, and maybe you don't. Like, is there some? Um, I know a lot of our government systems and court systems and things are based on that of the Greeks and the Romans. So is this highly unusual? You know how in our judicial system, if you don't have an attorney, one will be appointed for you or you can choose to stand on your own. Do you know if that's like an unusual thing for them to give him carte blanche without his lawyer being involved or like, I don't do you know, know. Historically, I don't like, know. And I don't lawyer wise. And, and I think to me, my understanding was this was kind of a spur of the moment at uh, Festus. It was unique because Festus just didn't know what to do. He said, I, I inherited this guy. He's innocent, the best I know. And so he convenes this uh, to help him figure out if he's going to Rome, we got to come up with something here. So it was, it, at least we know that within that Roman system, there was this idea of a man is give, needs to be given his just due. And so... Festus is doing that here, um, but in this setting, this was very unique. It was that the man was unique. That there was char- there was no charges. That you know, for two years he'd been there. Felix is gone. Festus is here. He doesn't know what to do with this guy, and so the, the whole setting is very unique. Mm-hmm. But when when Agrippa comes, there's something again about that whole story, um, and I guess one of the applications is. You know, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? Paul just, after being accused of being a bandman by Festus, he turns to Agrippa. And I think there's such a, a sensitivity and an awareness with Paul about there's something going on there that the text leaves us, it's a mystery. We, we, we don't have the eye contact. We don't know what's going on. What we do know is that Agrippa wanted to hear him. That was sincere. And he gives Paul the floor, and then Paul, after giving all this, and he's a Jew, so he's got that background, he knows these things. He says, I know that you do believe this, what the prophets say. And it's, it, it, I, so here's the application. Um, Paul, even under, the, and, I, and this was not brought out in the sermon, so this is, you know, mm-hmm. I already went over time. <laughs> but I know here is the here's an application. I think Paul was so aware and sensitive of his audience. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about himself. He every moment almost I think of his life. Now I know he got discouraged. We know that and depressed and and almost despaired of life. He says in, in Second Corinthians. But I think Paul was so aware of what his role was of proclaiming and so aware of his audience. He was reading the eyes. He was reading the vibes of Agrippa. And he says, I know that you, it it was in that moment, there was maybe who knows hundreds of people there, but in that moment it was Paul and Agrippa Mm -hmm. and he, they locked on and he says, I know that, you know, and the only response that Agrippa gave was in such a short time, you're almost persuading me to become a Christian. Now, some people interpret that, that it might have been a question. Are you trying to persuade me to be a Christian in such a short time? And I don't think that was it at all. And I I think it was a genuine statement by Agrippa. And why do I say that? Because the context says Agrippa wanted to hear Paul. Mm -hmm. 
and he gave him the floor. I think there was something real that was going on there. So the takeaway there in terms of application is when we're engaging people, we, we need to pray that God will give us a sensitivity to the people we're talking to, to speak when, when we should speak, to be quiet when we should be quiet, but just give us mm-hmm. a sensitivity mm-hmm. of what the Holy Spirit might be doing because that Holy Spirit that could be drawing that Agrippa is working in Paul's heart. Right. And there's got to be something going on in his spirit, in Paul's spirit, that gave him that permission to mm-hmm. ask that pointed question. Uh, it's a, it leaves us there. We don't know beyond that. You know, that another thing to play into this thing, and I, this is all conjecture, but I did share historically there was a lot of rumor mill going on between Agrippa and his, his sister Bernice and... And I, I don't know if you have ever been accused of something that you were absolutely innocent of, but it's, you know, something goes on in the rumor mill and you can't, well, maybe that was going on with Agrippa. Maybe they were totally innocent. His, his sister, Bernice, had been married to a guy who died. Then it was a forced marriage to somebody else, uh, I believe, and that failed. And she ends up going back to a, maybe a safe place. To a brother, to home, maybe accused improperly. We don't know. There's there's all this stuff uh-huh. that goes on in the life of a person. Mm-hmm. They're bringing that all that pain, maybe all that baggage. Maybe maybe it was illicit, and he's guilt ridden because he's Jewish. Well, and how unusual for I think it's unusual for um, Luke to put her name in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like because well, everybody would know it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So there is some. There's something there that, yes, that we might it was a not big story. understand. That's right. Yeah. So again, it's conjecture. It's, it's fun to kind of think what the potential was. But what we do know is that Paul had something as he locked eyes with Agrippa. And, there, and we need to be as sensitive to the people we are engaging in and open to the direction of the Holy Spirit as we confront and talk with people. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, it goes back to um, we had a side conversation this morning um, on Tuesday mornings, which is the day this is. Today is Tuesday. And on Tuesday mornings, we have our worship planning team. And we had a side conversation this morning in that meeting about, uh, again, our stories. And, you know, we've been showing people in our congregation and their stories and how God has prepared them for such a time as this. You know, and when I hear... When we talk about things like Mark, you told the funny description of what Paul looked like, mm-hmm. you know. So here's this kind of funny looking guy, and I can almost picture, um, you know, the kids maybe make fun of him because he's so funny looking, and there's nothing about him that might, uh, you know, like sometimes we uh, like think about politicians, you know, the guy who's the best dressed, or you know, those mm-hmm. kinds of things, the one who's most visually appealing to us. That's who we tend towards. And Paul, there was nothing in that of that in Paul, right? And yet God still uses him in such a powerful way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like that just says something about his his training as a person, his experiences in his life, his ability to stand up and have that kind of courage, how God has used his past to bring him to this kind of mm-hmm. climactic mm-hmm. moment. And it's really kind of fun to see and, from and, our perspective. And just know? the power of, of the risen Christ that was flowing through him. Yes. If I be lifted up, I will draw him into myself. And there was something about Paul that 
he receded into the shadows. Mm-hmm. Yes. In spite of his education and his command of the presence, as we see all these all these things about him, <laughs> uh, you know, his Greek influence, his Roman citizenship, his Jewish heritage, all of those things that combined to be able to, after two years of being in prison, to stand in front of that austere group, and and be able to, my goodness, hold his own. And I, you know, the idea of he was not the prisoner; they were the prisoners mm-hmm. captured by him. Um, yeah, it, it, it speaks to the, the creativity of God mm-hmm. to use a small, bald-headed, yeah. crooked-legged, uh, hook-nosed uh, guy. Well, it's cool that people would know what Paul's been through, and I, I think he might earn some credibility based on his experiences, but it's awesome to know, in Paul's mind, his resume isn't changing. He's just talking about Christ. Mm-hmm. It's Christ in me, right? He writes to Galatia, talk, I, I climbed in the Jewish ranks. Yeah. Like, when I talk about what all the things I did, of all people, I, I, I like to talk about this anytime I'm teaching a pastor from Paul, of all people to actually be able to say, do you have anything, any idea what I've done and what I'm capable of doing? You ought to listen to me. <laughs> I could read it and be like, yeah, he's right. But he, it's only about yeah. Christ. And look at how he responds to that question. Verse 28, uh, or verse 29, Paul replied, short time or long, I pray to God that not only you, but all who are listening to me today may become what I am. Man, if I had somebody that asked me, do you think that you could persuade me to be a Christian? Uh, uh, Paul could go, yep. Like, I feel like that's a possible yes, temptation exactly. there. Right. To, to, in that environment, oh my, you, you could so easily puff yourself up with your message and say, I got you right where I want you. Mm-hmm. Paul could have said, he never does, and, and asks, you know, if God wills, that's what he says. Yeah. Uh, of, all, at- of all opportunities for one of us to be like, I, yes, I can do that to you. <laughs> no, that's not, yeah. Paul, Paul's never wanted to arrive at that, that yes, I'm going to convert you. He's saying, hey, if it's a short time from now or forever from now, I'm going to pray to God that everybody will. Or look at verse 22. Look at verse 22. So in 21, for this reason, some Jews seized me in the temple and tried to put me to death. (laughs) And then in verse 22, he says, so having obtained help from God, Mm -hmm. I stand this day. Mm -hmm. Not I stand this day because... Yeah. You know, because I talked my way out of it. Yeah, or or any <laughs> right. of those kinds of things. Yeah, or because I yeah. appealed to Rome or whatever, mm-hmm. or I made yeah. this decision. He says, having obtained help from God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So even in those things, he gives the honor and glory and really the correct yeah. place to God. And all of that comes back to his central theme being Christ suffered and he rose again. Mm-hmm. He is alive. I'm on trial today, not because of a dead man. <laughs> I'm on trial today because he rose again. Mm-hmm. And I'm proclaiming that. So again, it goes back to the those those three applications I gave. But you know, the aliveness of God and one plus God is a dis- distinct majority. And when you have Jesus, you have everything. Paul Paul was so um, enamored by that. He was so caught with that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it defined everything that he did and and said. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, for, for the most part. And he wanted to pass it on, um, he relished the thought of passing it on and sharing it, whether it was great or the small, uh, or the, he said mm-hmm. it, the small or the great. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was compelled to do it. What he said in, in Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 10, woe am I if I do not 
share the gospel. I mean, yeah. if I do not, the finished this, work of Christ motivated him to work. We don't often, we don't often think that way. We, we want to focus on our own works. We want to figure out our stuff and what we got to do, or this, that, and the other. But man, to, to understand, it came up in our pastors' meeting earlier, just talking about missions, partnering, and how, how can we teach the finished work of Christ so we understand what we're what we're living from. Yeah. And not what we're we're striving towards as yeah. if God's teasing us with a carrot on a stick sort of thing. Like yeah. do you have any idea what Jesus did? And I tell our students this all the time, do you have any idea where he is now mm-hmm. and what he's up to? That's so good. Like do you do how often have you pictured where Jesus Christ is right now? You ask children that, you ask teenagers that. They don't kind of get that question a lot, so they're like, Well, 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 God's always with me. Absolutely is. Do you know where Jesus Christ is right now? And you get the right hand of the Father God and this this Holy Spirit on behalf of you with groanings, two left words, prayer, and like you can see it come over the rise of this reality of this isn't just a story. Yeah. Like he he is actually alive and he's actually working. Yeah. You know, I listened to a few a few minutes before walking in here because I wanted to have the context. I did listen to the double take podcast that you mentioned, Mark. And to hear um, her talk about her having a dream. She's in this prison going through this horrible, horrible, horrible things. Mm-hmm. She has a dream, and in her dream, she sees Christ's wounds in her hand. And her reaction to that is, um, oh, thank you that I can suffer. Just you, can, you let me see just a little bit of your suffering on my behalf, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm just, like, blown away by yeah. that kind of, like awareness of what Christ did mm-hmm. for us and how we can move yeah. and walk in that. You yeah. know? The, the, the concern always as believers is that if we don't, if we don't, if we're not reminded of that often, we can get caught up in uh-huh. all and we can, we can all of a sudden drift, you know, like the Hebrews, the writer of the Hebrews says, you know, we, we, we can be so easily um, There's no led plateau. Astray. There's no plateau in the Christian faith. Yeah, you're right. growing closer to him or drifting away. That's right. That's right. And, and I <laughs> yeah, think that's a great. I really like that. I appreciate that. And it wouldn't it have been fun? We don't know. Uh-huh. But the two years that Paul is in prison there in Caesarea, mm-hmm. what was going on? Now he probably had access to Luke and Aristarchus and these friends that there was probably fellowship. I, you have to believe that. But when he two years later, and to, far as our, we know. He sat in that prison after Felix left. He sat there for two years until Festus came. And, and I mean, there was nothing. He's just lost to humanity. Hmm. But man, something was going on because when he gets out, the guy is on his game. <laughs> and he had, he just, he had, he was fellowshipping with, with Jesus during those two years. He, he was, he was in tune Ended with the Ended up better Lord. for him. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. And I think, again, if there's anything we can learn from the passage, it's, it's the value of continuing in fellowship with the Lord mm. um, and his aliveness and, and not being, uh, you know, yes, there's a lot in this world to be concerned about. There's a lot of terrible stuff, you know, on a, mm-hmm. You know, there was the big pride thing that happened in Winchester Saturday and the, you know, two drag shows, one at one and one at three at the Museum of the Shenandoah Valley and all sorts of stuff that the, the darkness is is encroaching on us in, in every which way imaginable. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean we push the panic button. It right. means we have an offer of eternal life of a living savior to offer this world and, and, uh, and to do it with boldness and calmness and not push mm-hmm. the panic button. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and not put her hope in any other thing other than a resurrected Jesus. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I think that came out in, in spades. And, 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 in and do we want to protect our kids? Do we want to protect our yeah. families from those lies? Yes. But and, do and we want to take our church families down into our spiritual bomb shelter to wait it out? I no. like to sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> right. We want to, but that's not the Great Commission. No, no. We, we, we need to figure out how to be in the world, not of the world. That's a biblical concept. We cannot yeah. defend ourselves against a culture we know nothing about. Yeah. How, how do we understand the mission field so that we can leave God's impact on it instead right. of the other way around? Which is, which is what Paul is, in a sense, doing. I was As I was thinking about your third application mark and Jesus is, never, is everything, I was thinking about kind of the contrast of this, you know, hook-nosed, bald guy, and the, like, the power of Rome mm-hmm. and what Rome was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe some people have been to Italy or you see pictures. Of, we saw pictures in the video you showed on Sunday of Italy, and you go to that college. Caesarea. Oh, Caesarea. That was Caesarea. Yeah. But um, you, you go and you see, like, this magnificence that must have been Rome, mm-hmm. right? And the Roman Empire. And um, all the power and wealth, and they, they, they um, loved virtue. The idea of virtue and rhetoric and education was important to them, and you know all these concepts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Paul standing there saying, "But I have been blessed with every spiritual blessing," and here he is contrasted to that. And I think that that's kind of mm-hmm. that can become true for us as Christians. We need to remember that the things of this world, the power, the virtue, the the microphone, we'll say, you know, what I mean, the ability to influence the culture by what we say sometimes those things feel like those are things we're after mm-hmm. as opposed to remembering we have spiritual blessings and we have the right. power of the Holy Spirit well, and, in and, us. and an, right. an eternal mindset as well I mean we look at our lives every single second we've been awake on this earth we've been in line for the roller coaster that's it that's the whole the whole thing. Are we gonna are we gonna complain about the person in front or behind us in the line? Are we gonna complain that the line's not moving fast enough? Or are we aware of what we're about to experience and who we can experience it with, so that we start to see this? I don't know if you've ever been in a roller coaster line before, but when you're aware of what you're about to be on, oh, it's a two hour wait, but it's worth it. You know what I'm saying? If you understand where you're headed. Yeah. Yeah, you can kind of tackle it better. I get upset with a 30-second wait at a red light. Right, I mean, right. Not... <laughs> well, and, and in this culture of instant gratification, we get defeated twice as quickly now. Yeah. And so how can we understand the the character of God, the attributes of God, and how He speaks and how He moves? Because it's going to be slower than this world. It's going to be more subtle. But it's going to give birth to this kind of confidence yeah. that no matter the context. What would we do different this week? Or what would we have done different last week mm-hmm. if if we were locked in on this idea of the liveness of God, which we believe, right. we, we know it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, we know it, it. We know many things. Yeah. But sometimes we Head just knowledge, heart knowledge. don't live it. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We just, which is the value of small groups. It's a value right. of, of of doing what we're doing here, getting mm-hmm. on a podcast, sharing these things. It, these are little opportunities to mm-hmm. to to be reminded of that. Mm-hmm. The other thing, going back to the other passage you you referred to, is so so what we've just been talking about mm-hmm. in a way is how we um, can orient our life around this truth. Mm-hmm. But uh, going back to the chapter twenty six verse eighteen passage, Paul was commissioned. I mean, there there was a there was a, a there was a commissioning. I'm sending you, Jesus said, and this is yes, it's unique to Paul, but it it was, in a sense, it wasn't. I mean, he sent to the 
Gentile or the, the disciples to the world, you know, mm-hmm. go into the world, and, and we're mm-hmm. called to that as well. To what? Open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light, from the dominion of Satan to God. Um, we going back to what you we're not called to hide away in the basement. Mm-hmm. So there is there is. If we are convinced of the aliveness of God, if we are convinced that a distinct majority is me plus God, if we're convinced that we have Jesus and we've got everything and we want them to have everything too, then there is something that should call us to to go into the world like this and not not with anger, not with judgmentalness, not you know, not with uh, whatever, but with this sense of of the love of Jesus and. Be used by God. And understanding that that's what he died for. Right. Mm-hmm. To help, to be used by Jesus to open their eyes. God is the one who does that. Mm-hmm. That they may turn uh, from darkness to light. That's that's what this world is, is darkness. That's what the world is, dominion of Satan. Paul said he translated, transferred me out of the uh, kingdom of, domain of Satan into the kingdom of his beloved son. So that they may then receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been set apart, sanctified through faith in me. In me, so uh, there's a there's a lot to unpack there. But there there's such hope in these verses to offer a world that is in darkness and in the domain of Satan, a forgiveness of sins, and and the idea of inheritance. It can be it can I mean, be talking about the idea of inheritance to me conveyed the idea of hope. So as I was yeah. like looking through this passage, I was like. You know, so you can share with them the hope that they can have because this world, this dark mm-hmm. domain of Satan feels so hopeless Yeah. sometimes, you well, know. It, and it is. That's, that's <laughs> what it, it was supposed that's to exactly. demonstrate. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, he said, that, you know, Peter wrote it this way, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy, as First Peter 1 has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Seems like we just sung that. A living hope through the through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, which is reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God and so on and so forth. So yeah, let's not hang our heads, let's not retreat into the in the the shadows. Let's with a certain boldness, but as Peter would say it, and I use that verse in First Peter three fifteen to give it that defense for the hope when people ask us, but with reverence and gentleness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, which I just you know I again, I mean I know that I'm I'm more vested than some people are, and I study over it sometimes more than others do. But that was the benediction of the service the week before. I don't know how many of you realize that, but that verse that you just referred to, right. we had used right. it as a benediction in the service the week before. Mm-hmm. So it's just it just says again to me that like God has this message for us as a church, Fellowship Bible Church right now, and for his people. And it has to do with like his faithfulness over time and giving a defense. And so you kind of go, what is God preparing us for here mm-hmm. in Winchester as a church and as a people? Right. And and having a sensitive spirit to that and hearing these passages that keep coming to the forefront in different settings inside our church um, as like a, kind of a spiritual, um, what would the word be, like nourishment for our souls right now because of what God is preparing us for. Yeah, I, and, and built on what you just said, 
is one reason why we provided a tool for people to use the little thing with that, the spiral brown, you know, printed on the front of it, a tool that says part of that tool is to is to get us to reflect on how has God prepared us? You know, what what are what is that journey? Where do we see God and his faithfulness show up? Because that's preparatory. Right. I mean, we're, we're here today. We're not in the past. We're living today. We don't know what tomorrow holds. But looking back at the past, there is something that that we can uh, reflect on and worship God for and celebrate and build upon that says, uh, you know, what has he prepared me for, for yet to come? Paul did that in his testimony. That was another thing I would have loved to develop more, but that three part of his testimony before i trusted christ we do that in our baptism classes mm -hmm. before i try to give a three-minute testimony minute one before i trusted christ minute two how i met christ third minute of your testimony what's life been like since i trusted christ right and i think that like remembering that that we keep you know before i met christ and now right that kind of three pieces mark mm -hmm. that you have so instilled at least in my walk and I'm, hope, and I'm assuming in the walk of others inside our congregation, made me circle like t chapter 26, verse six, I circled the word and now. Mm -hmm. Because to me that j just contained in the words and now mm -hmm. is that moment of transition for before Christ I was this and did this, mm -hmm. and now this is what I am yeah. and have done. And then that, of course, led me to that verse that I mentioned right away, which is verse 18, mm -hmm. which is, and now I have these things, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I really appreciated seeing that and now moment in this story as well, and knowing that I have an and now moment before Christ, mm -hmm. I was this and now. And hopefully yeah. we can do That's that. Good. Hopefully we can do that more often and as often as possible. That, that tool is a, a one stop shop exercise to do that but the next time there's a low or there's a an event in our life we can go ahead and think okay i've had i've had one of these before that's right and and so i don't know one day this will be on a graph where i'm demonstrating my faithfulness to somebody mm -hmm. else if we could start to think that way and it's hard but if we could understand that that's actually what faith is yeah now we start to see it all take shape that's why other people's testimonies are encouraging Th too. That's right. Your discipleship of me and hearing like, oh, wow, yeah. oh, wow, you went through that. He had that life experience and learned that. It's the same God. Yeah. It, th th this is not the, the tool, the, what you just said, it's, it's not to be separated from the, from the community, uh -huh. from body life. You, I mean, we talked about this today too, was the, the value of doing, say, that little tool together. If you're in a community group, in a small group, Man, do that thing together. You're mm -hmm. kicking off small groups now, maybe at, the, at this new ministry year in September. What a great thing to do for the first week or two is to write, use that thing, chart your life a little bit, and then each buddy in the community group take five minutes and point to those high points or where mm -hmm. God showed up because it, it encourages the other people. It reminds you mm -hmm. and it stimulates, I think, for greater faith. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I think it also like, it also shows that the God of this, the God of this word, the God of the story of Daniel and the lion's den, the God of Paul standing before Felix and Grippa and Paul's journey to Rome. Like it shows you that that God is the same God who lives yeah, Who's working in Ayler Middle School right so, now. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. So, when, so when Jennifer and Michael Wiseman, we hear them say that Michael is praying for a wife at the same time that Jennifer's getting sent to Fort Hood. Right. That encourages us that this same God 
is working in their lives. Or when we hear this morning, again, that Double Take podcast, I'll refer to that again. When I hear her talk about her having a, a prayer in prison that someone is going to be released in six weeks, and um, just like Joseph, right, the he interprets their dreams, one is going to be released and was isn't, the same God is still working in prisons mm-hmm. around the world. And that encourages my faith and encourages my heart and reminds me that this is God's word and yeah. his truth, you know? Yeah. One final thought, uh, and again, I didn't talk about this, but the very last verse of chapter 26, when, this, when it was all said and done, Agrippa said to Festus, this man might have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. Where there's no fault in him. There's a, well, guess what? That wasn't part of God's plan. Mm-hmm. It was God's plan for him to go as a prisoner to Rome, mm-hmm. to be shackled to the Praetorian Guard, to lead many people to Christ. Mm-hmm. He what? He, Paul will be released at some point. And there's a few years yet before he, he is. Mm-hmm. But you know. Yeah, we would all think, oh, of course that would have been best. <laughs> Paul, why did you appeal? Because that was all part of God's plan to get him to Rome. And I, That's awesome. I, I, I just, yeah, yeah, love that. Right, and again, I mean, I, I, that podcast, that Double Take podcast is so great. It was all part of God's plan that those girls be in prison That's for right. nine months so that they could minister mm-hmm. and persuade other people to, to love and, and they, now tell their story. And they could have lost us. their lives. They were condemned to be hanged. Mm-hmm. And, and many were, uh, but yeah, so, oh, um, well, this is off, <laughs> offline, but oh. M- uh, Mike Lukens uh, just went to the Sing Conference, which is the Gettys uh, Worship Conference last week, and uh, one of those gals. Uh, um, not Marissa. N- no, Maryam, not Maryam, but um, Marzia, Marzia spoke yes. at the, the Getty uh, Worship Conference just last week, so that was kind of an interesting hmm. Um, cool. Lonely timing. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It's awesome. Mark, thank you for being here, man. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. Rose, you're awesome. I love your notes and your thoughts. Uh, as a reminder to our viewers and listeners, you can find us all over the place on your favorite podcast platform. Type in Sermon Spotlight. We pop right up. All this information and more you can find at fbcva.org. And the fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love. God bless. <laughs>